Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. If you have a Bible, let's go to First Chronicles chapter 16. Uh, remain standing. We're gonna sing some. We're gonna sing. We're gonna we're gonna sing some scripture together. That's what we're gonna do. And we're gonna read some scripture together. Uh, if you don't have a Bible, a couple great apps for you: uh, Bible Hub, U Version, uh, and it's on U Version that you'll find our daily reading that we have. Uh, that goes right along with the message uh, that I preach, and it's just, it, it'll help you so much. I encourage you to dig into God's Word every day. We have our 22 and 22 challenge going on right now. Spend 22 minutes a day with God in His Word. Watch it revolutionize and change your life. So our word for 2022 is inconvenient faith. We've been talking about this all year that it's not convenient to follow Jesus, but it, we all know it is the best for our lives. And, when, and con convenience is, is the enemy of your soul. Convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul and it's coming for you every day. So we have these eight practices. We've been talking about them all year long. And these practices are, it's like getting, I heard somebody say this the other day, it's about getting back to the basics. You gotta get back to the basics and uh, I heard a football coach talking about this tackling and bl blocking and, and just the basic mechanics. And so when you're wondering as a follower of Jesus, I don't know what to do. Here you go. Just do these eight things over and over and over again. And what you will see is God light a fire in you, a passion in you for who he is. But how many of you know these are all inconvenient? And that's why this year we're calling them inconvenient practices. We're on, uh, we're on our core practice of Sunday worship, being in his house every Sunday. Hey, come on, it's, it's inconvenient to be here every Sunday. Every, you guys, yeah, it's not easy. It's, I mean, it's hard for me and I'm the guy who's got to get up here on stage. Thank God I'm on staff, so I have to be here. During the pandemic, I was kind of like, oh, this is what people are doing. This is nice. I mean, pandemic's not nice, but man, this is sitting with my hot cocoa. This is so good. So we've been talking about what, it, what is Sunday worship. And we are here to experience the presence and the power of God. I don't even have to say that because you have already experienced that. That's why we're in this place every week. And we've been talking uh, throughout the series, uh, week one, my good friend Jeff Henson, he talked about power, presence, and possibility. Last week I talked about power and presence and peace. And today I wanna to talk to you about presence, power, and pace. What pace are you running at? We're gonna talk about that. First Chronicles chapter 16. Last week I talked about the uh, very first worship service um, that took place on a Sunday. 
We preached about that. This week, I want to take you back old school. I want to go old school, way old, new, Old Testament. Uh, this is David, king of Israel. This is old school, you know, like when they used to sing hymns. So this is, that's how old this is. Like when anybody remember when they used to have the chairs on the platform, one over here for the preacher, one over here for the song director, and the preacher would sit on the stage the entire, how many of you are thankful the preacher don't do that anymore? That was the worship team right there that said that. They had the choir director. They had a big choir. And every once in a while, he'd, he'd turn around and he would direct you. Do anybody, anybody, anybody feeling me on this? I just do, he'd do this sweeping motion like this, you know? I don't know what that was. We, we don't do that anymore. But this is old school. So this is a worship experience that the, the Hebrew people had. The, so if you're new to the scriptures, David, king of Israel, the ark has been stolen, but they brought it back and he's created this tent to put, put it in. So it's like an old tent revival meeting. Anybody? Old school? T- you're old because I don't even remember that. I never even went to one. I never saw one. Okay, so that's, wow. But those, those old tent revivals and they're going to celebrate. So let's go. First Chronicles 16 and this is verse 7. Let's start at verse 7. They've got the worship experience getting ready to start. It says, on that day, day, David gave to Asaph and his fellow Levites this song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. Amen. Come on, people. Are you paying attention to what I'm reading here? I just said, I just said, give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. And y'all went, amen. Okay, let's try this again. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim his greatness. All right. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him. Yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exult. That word exult means to glory. Glory in his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. Search for the Lord. Search for his strength. Continually seek him. And remember the wonders he has performed. Has God done any wonders in your life? Remember... Remember the wonders he has performed, his miracles and the rulings he has given. Let's talk about presence and power and pace. Father, man, we're so grateful that you're in this place today. Would you now help us to understand through your scriptures what you want us to know in Jesus' name? And everyone said, okay, now you can be seated. I, I love to dance. Um, anybody here love to dance? Like you just, okay, I've got some dancers in the house. Um, I love to dance. The, the problem I have is I, I can't. Some of y'all have witnessed that up here a little bit. You know, I'm like, you know, I, I, every once in a while I want to cut loose, but I don't because I know we have guests here. And like, what is that? Is that guy the pastor? I'm never coming back. That is this, what is that? I don't even know what that is. But I, but I love, I love to dance and, and I, you know what, be honest with you, I really don't care what anybody thinks. I'm the fun dancer at the wedding. You know, the wedding guy, the wedding dancer, just going, just, just getting, the, getting it. And you're like, yeah, look at that guy. So I'm the one who gets it all started. <laughs> Some of y'all were like, what was that? What was that? How did he get his body to do that? I just have skills, people. That's what I got. <laughs> but I love it. And, and if music hits, if, if the right beat hits, the right song hits, everything becomes a dance floor to me. I mean, it could be a coffee shop. Laura and I broke out a dance in a coffee shop. It can be the kitchen floor. That's, that can become a, a, a dance floor. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, if I feel it and I sense it, I'll just be like, dance floor's open. 
And I just start dancing. And, and so we were recently, as a staff, we were at the Tulsa State Fair for We the Kingdom. Incredible concert. So much fun. And we got there early because it's one of my favorite bands. And they had all the, the pre-concert music going. Best sound system ever. They got ACDC blowing the house up. They've got Tom Petty. They got Doobie Brothers. I mean, it's just, it's so great. And then a song came on that I was like, I, I can't sit down. It was Abba and Dancing Queen. And, 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 and when, that song, when that song hit, I mean, I was like, dance floors open. And I just started, you know, moving. Okay, cut it. Stop, stop. Stop. This is church, people. <laughs> so, let's <laughs> say, so, hang on here. Try to remember what I'm talking about today. So, no, no, stop, stop, stop. No, stop, stop. Don't encourage me. Don't encourage me. So, so what's crazy is I'm up and and the, the crowd is, is like starts going nuts. I'm not making this up, going nuts. I think it's because We the Kingdom is coming on. And I look around, I'm the only one amongst thousands that is up and dancing and the crowd is cheering for moi. <laughs> the, the staff were sitting down, going into the fetal position going, don't encourage him. Oh, man. The, the world has established a rhythm and pace that we are expected to move to. It's, it's, there, and that pace is, is really an unsustainable pace. And it's, it's go here and be this and do that and get involved here and you got to make that happen and your kids need to be involved in this and and the result is that we're running at an unsustainable pace. Our, our lives are nothing but hurried, hurry up and busy. And, and as a result, we're, we're tired all the time. How you doing? Tired. How you doing? Busy. Who sets that pace? The world is setting a pace that we have decided we're going to move to. And, and, and there's stress and there's anxiety and, there, and we're wondering, is, is, is things ever going to slow down? I want to ask you this, what, what would happen in your life if you decided, I'm not going to move at the world's rhythm and pace? What would happen if you said, I'm going to choose a different route, a different pace, a different rhythm, because God has established a pace and a rhythm. And he's inviting us into that pace and that rhythm. And, and his pace, his rhythm is about freedom. His pace, his, his rhythm is about joy. 
It's, it's about contentment. And he's inviting us into this rhythm and this pace. And, and what Sunday worship is all about, what you're doing right now is you are reestablishing God's pace and rhythm in your life. Come on, turn to somebody and just tell them, way to go, way to go. You're in his house and you are reestablishing the right pace for your life. So, so what does God's rhythm and pace look like and, and how do we uh, establish it and keep it in, in our lives? Let's, let's go to the, the scriptures here in 1 Chronicles 16. Let's look at verse 8. David says this, give thanks to the Lord and say it with me, proclaim his greatness. Let the whole world know what he has done. Sing to him, yes, what? Sing his praises. I'd like for you to write this down. What I praise establishes my pace. What I praise establishes my pace. Culture's rhythm and pace says this. Hey, let the world know what you've done. You know what you need to do? Sing your praises. I love going to high schools and looking at their trophy cases. I don't know what it is about them, but when I, I just love seeing them. And you, I don't know if it's because you see all the old trophies, like from like the 70s when the guys are wearing the short shorts and the headbands and just looking the part. Some of you guys are like, that was me. Thanks a lot. That's me. But they have, they have all the trophies. I love looking and seeing all the different things that they have won and, and, and what's happened. And, and this one particular high school I was in recently, very, very small high school, so they didn't have enough trophies <laughs> to put in their trophy case. So they were trying to find anything to put in their trophy case. And I looked down, there was one in there for the debate team. Like they made it. And it, and it was, but it was a cool trophy because it was two guys doing this. But the world says you gotta have a trophy case. And, and as adults, we can get so caught up in chasing trophies. We, uh, and anything can become a trophy. I mean, how many of you ever heard the phrase trophy wife? I'm a trophy husband. I have earned that. I'm more than just my dance moves. But anything can become a trophy, right? I mean, uh, good things can become a trophy. A car can become a, a trophy. Uh, 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 your, your finances, your money can become a trophy. A house can become a trophy. Kids are supposed to be winning trophies, but in today's world, kids are trophies. I see it all the time when I'm out on the ball field and I'm watching it and I see this is that it's more about the parent. And, I, and the whole reason that kid's doing what they're doing is because the parent makes them feel good in what they're doing. And... and what is your trophy? What, what, what is it that you're seeking after? What is it that you're building in your life? Because this is what we do. We build these trophy cases and we say, look what I've done. Look, look who I am. And the crazy thing is we are more unhappy than we have ever been in history. A recent survey of Americans found that we are the unhappiest we have been in 50 years. It says that only 14% of people say that they're very happy. That means basically over 80% of people aren't, aren't, they're either, eh, 
or they're not doing good at all. 80% of people aren't happy. And I wonder if it's because we put praise in the wrong place. We're praising and we're chasing the wrong things and it's not bringing what we hoped it would bring. And what I believe Sundays are about, Sundays are a way to put praise back into its rightful place with our Savior and our Creator who is all deserving of our praise. Amen? Amen. Look what David, he says this, David says it this way back in, in verse eight. He says, give thanks to the Lord, proclaim his greatness, sing his praises. What's fascinating about singing, you know, we come in here and we sing together. Did you know that singing is actually healing? When you sing, it actually releases endorphins in your body. And your, it causes depression to go down, anxiety to go down, stress to go down, and it causes positive feelings to, to rise up in you. Now, what's fascinating is when we come into an environment like this and we sing corporately together, there, there is this uh, word called entrainment. It produces entrainment in us. When we were singing earlier, what entrainment does is it causes our pulse to synchronize. And then it causes our hearts to synchronize. And we are beating together in one heartbeat. Come on, do this with me. One heartbeat. This is why you are here. Because when we're singing and we're praising, what is happening is we're getting into one heartbeat in unity with our Savior. Like praise is literally the pacemaker that keeps us in rhythm with the pacemaker. That's what happens when we sing. Now look at verse 10. So if what I praise establishes my pace, in verse 10 he says this, exult or glory in his holy name. Rejoice you who, say it with me, worship the Lord. Okay, write this down. What I prioritize establishes my pace. What I prioritize establishes my pace. You've heard me say it many times from this stage. What you prize, you must prioritize. What you prize, you must prioritize. I love to garden. I love gardening. It's so much fun, but I have to prioritize that or the garden will get full of weeds and things will die out and it won't look like I want it to look. I know people, you may say, man, I prize my education. I want to get a college degree. I want to do great things with my life. But in order to do that, you have to prioritize your education. You can't just wish for good grades. You can't just wish for a degree. Uh, some of your parents are like, preach it now. Preach it, preach it, bring it. But you, you gotta prioritize it. You can't, you, I would say most of us in here would say, I, pri I prize my family. I love my family, but do you prioritize your family? Are they a priority to you? I mean, friendships, you may say, man, I love having friends, but are you prioritizing it? How many times have you gotten with a friend, looked at them, on a, even on a Sunday or a group or somewhere else, and you go, hey, we need to get together. I'm gonna text you. And then nobody texts anybody. Why? Because you have to prioritize. The same thing is true in our relationship with God. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them, the same thing is true in your relationship with God. The same thing is true in your relationship with 
God. When, when we get out of the rhythm and pace of Sunday worship, like what? Do you really, do you really need to come every week? Can't you just come when you have the time? Can't I, can't I, I mean, is it, isn't this kind of an old antiquated thing, kind of like the choir and the hymns and the chairs on the, on the platform? Like it was just a thing that they used to do, but I mean, it's not that big a deal, is it? But I, I, would, I would put to you today that when we come together here on a Sunday, what we're doing is we're setting this rhythm and this pace and Sunday worship Sunday worship creates this rhythm and this pace that keeps our worship from wandering. Because when you get out of rhythm or pace with Sunday worship, what happens, it just, it's just how we are, it's how we're created. Your worship can, can wander. That's what happened during the pandemic when we were not able to meet in the house together. It happened to all of us. That you, suddenly there's not the people, there's not the pace, there's, there's not the rhythm because we weren't meant to run at that or move to that pace and that rhythm. That's the pace and the rhythm the world wants for. You don't need to be here on a Sunday, every Sunday. Don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. But I believe what God is saying is, I've set a pace, I've set a rhythm for you, and Sunday is gonna help you to do this. This is not new to us. This has been going on since the dawn of creation. Worship has been wandering since Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve, their worship wandered. God reestablishes the worship with Adam, and then they wander again. Then this guy Noah shows up, and Noah, they have this flood, and, and then Noah, after the flood, he goes, okay, we're gonna reestablish this rhythm and pace of, of worship. And then you fast forward to this place called Babel, and their worship has wandered again. In fact, we read this in Genesis 4.11. says this, they, then they said, hey, come, let's build a great city for who? Ourselves. Let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches to the sky. Say this with me. This will make us famous. God, no longer the object of their worship. The, the, the tower of Babel became that object. And here we are thousands and thousands of years later, and we continue to build these towers of Babel. And I think God's heart is breaking. I think his heart is breaking as he looks down and he sees that we choose other things other than worshiping him. That, well, I got to be at this. Do you? You don't gotta be at anything. Nobody's making you do anything. We'll be signed up for, and my, my family expects, and really? Are you gonna live by the world's pace and rhythm and expectations or God's? Because God is sitting there going, why would my people choose other objects for their adoration, for their, for their affection? And our worship has wandered so much that this gathering right here isn't even a priority anymore. It doesn't really matter. I can't, I'm going to come when I, when I can, when I can get there, when things line up. And 
I don't, I don't think that's the rhythm and pace that God wants for us. I think God is saying, I, I desire to be your prize. So Laura and I, we have three grandkids, but we never get to see them because they live in Michigan. So it's only once or twice a year that we ever really get to see them. And it's really hard to not be able to see them. And so we um, have basically decided, you know what? We're just gonna adopt other people's kids. That's what we're gonna do. They're just gonna adopt their kids. Not random kids, that's weird. Okay, it's not like I'm at the grocery store. Hey, 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 I'll be your grandpa. I'll be your grandpa. Hey, mom, mom. No, that would be, <laughs> that would just be weird. No, but our, our staff have uh, lots of kids. Uh, a lot of kids, a lot of kids. And, and a lot of their grandparents live away as well and aren't able to come to things. And how many of you know, as parents and grandparents, we've got to be there for each other, right? I mean, you get sometimes you, aren't you glad that somebody's stepping in, mom and dad, if you've got older kids and they live away or you've got grandkids that live away and somebody's stepping into the gap and doing that and maybe you stepped into the gap. I was talking to somebody and they went to a daddy-daughter dance for somebody last night. Come on, somebody, is that not great? They went to a daddy-daughter dance. That's that step into the gap. So we, we've done that and... Um, it, we, we've been to all kinds of events, sporting events and events from, uh, we've been at cheerleading, we've been at basketball, we've been to football games, we've been to soccer games, uh, paintball, I even did paintball. Noah Hawkinson had a birthday party and he said, hey, Pastor Brad, will you come play paintball? And I was like, yeah, I thought it was because he, you know, wanted me there. <laughs> it's because I am a human target. I, like, I hide but there's no hiding. I was never once on his team. Not one time. I was like, okay, now I know why you want me here. I mean, and, and little Piper Spears. Some of you know Piper. She's 10. She's the cutest thing you've ever seen in your life. She comes up and she goes, Pastor Brad, will you come to my softball game? And I swear to you, I just looked at her and I went, no. I really, I did not, I said, no, I'm kidding, honey. Yes, uh, yes, I'll come to your, to your game. And then, and then we got to be, uh, we got to be standing grandparents. Um, Justin, right here on the front row, Justin, his wife, Rachel, is our preschool director, and their kids, uh, Estella and Tristan, they, their grandparents live far away, and they couldn't be there for Grandparents Day, so we got to go for Grandparents Day, and they took a picture and everything. Look at this, this is, this is Grandparents Day, stepping in the gap, man, it was fun. Walking around their classrooms and seeing all this stuff. It was just so much fun. I was just having a blast doing it. Now, here's the thing. Was it easy to get to all of those events and those, those, uh, those games? A couple weeks out, a week out? Yeah, absolutely it was. Day of? No. No. I mean, parents, you've signed your kids up for stuff, right? You've signed them up for you, and you're like, oh, all excited, and then the season starts, and you're like, really? This is what they're at? Oh, I didn't know this is what they wanted for me. And it's, it's not easy, but was it, was it worth it? Yes. Yes, it was worth it because we were able to show them they were valued and that they were loved. And here's the crazy thing that was unexpected that happened is we stepped into the gap, and suddenly Laura and I felt valued and we felt loved. Is it easy to get here on a Sunday? Yeah, week out, right? I mean, Tuesday it was. 
You're like, oh yeah, let's go to church Sunday. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's go worship the Lord on Tuesday. Then you got up this morning, you're like, oh my goodness, 10 more minutes, 10 more minutes. I didn't pick out anything to wear. I thought, let's just, let's just go next week. Let's just go next week. It's not, it's inconvenient. Turn to somebody and tell them it's, it's inconvenient. But let me ask you this. Was it worth it? Yes. Yes, it was worth it to be in his house today, right? Yes, it's worth it. Why? Because you are here to show the creator of the universe, your savior, your Lord. You are valued. You are loved. I place no other thing above you. And you know what? He reciprocates. Suddenly he says to you, you are loved. You are my child. You are valued. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we gather. Because what I prioritize establishes my pace. Let's look at verse 11. David says, search for the Lord and for his strength. Say this with me. Continually seek him. Pace. Continually seek him. That's a pace. Continually seek him. Continually seek him. It's a pace that we set. I'd like for you to write this down. What I pursue, what I pursue establishes my pace. What I pursue establishes my pace. Come on, let's just be honest. Pursuits pull us in all different, different directions, don't they? I mean, right now, think about what, what you've got just even today, even today on Sunday, what you've got today. And then what you got tomorrow. And then the day, and you're like, oh my goodness. And then somebody comes to you and says, hey, I was wondering if you could. And you're like, oh, another thing. And, and we're, we are just going. Our pursuits are taking us all over. We are overbooked. We are overscheduled. And we are overwhelmed. And that's just us who are followers of Jesus. The idea of rest. <laughs> rest. I, I don't have time for Rest. Yet, this book is full of a call to rest. We see it right there in the very beginning. God created rest. I think if God needed to take a nap, so do I. That's an excuse. There you go right there. There's permission to take a nap today. You just say, man, I am communing with the Lord. I say, don't bother me. And then he did, he's like, six days, I'm going to work. This is what God said. Six days, I'm going to create. And that's what you're doing, by the way, when you're working. You're creating. I'm creating. I'm creating. And then God said, whoo, I need to take a break. Now, does God really need a break? Is God really tired? No, he did that for us. He said, you know what? I'm going to stop everything so that there is rest. But we don't do it. You, you fast forward from creation and you look at just the, the Ten Commandments and, and there's, there's ten of them. And in the middle of the Ten Commandments, there is rest. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. On that day, you shall rest. What's crazy about the Ten Commandments is all of us would say, there's nine of them, you would absolutely say, I ain't breaking those. Thou shalt not kill. That's a non-negotiable, you know, just not like, it's not like, you know, every once in a while, it's okay just to knock somebody off. <laughs> Thinking about Bill in accounting right now. 
That would be great. Get rid of him. The guy who rides in the truck with me. Yeah, that guy. That guy right there. No, you're not going to. She's going to. Thou shalt not steal. Well, you know, I mean, I, I just didn't have it. So it's not that bad. No, you're not going to do that. And then God says, hey, hey, take a break. Take a day of rest. And you're like, well, you know, that one there. No, he calls us to rest. What's, what's interesting is every piece of music contains something very crucial. Rest. Every piece of music has to have Rest, a, a pause, a place to take a breath. If you have a piece of music and it just goes, 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 the, the, you're going to run out of energy, you're going to run out of steam, and it's, it's running at an unsustainable pace, and we, we need rest. Anyone feel like you need some rest? Anybody here feel like you, you need to catch your breath? Anybody feel overwhelmed? God is inviting you into rest. This is what Sunday is about. What I pursue establishes my pace. If, when we come in here on Sundays, what we're doing is we're saying, I'm gonna rest. The world runs at this crazy pace. They don't ever rest. They say, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. No. And this is your way of taking control back and saying, no, you're not gonna dictate this for me. The world is not gonna dictate. I mean, heart problems, health issues, depression, anxiety. I mean, I, I, go look the studies up. I don't even have to talk, talk about them. They're not even done by, by Christians. They're just done by researchers who say, we're running at this crazy pace. And God is saying, that's not the pace I have for you. That's not what I created you for. I created you to slow down. And Sunday is a day where you can, rest, where you can catch your breath. I'd like for you to stand if you are able. The Psalms we know are songs. And over 70 times in, this, in the Psalms, we see this word selah. And selah means rest. It, it, it's this idea that I'm going to pause, that I'm going to lift up, and I am going to praise. This is what Sunday is. Sunday is Selah. Sunday is Selah. It's a moment where you're going to pause, where, you, where you're going to stop, where you're, you're, you're going to lift up and we're going to praise the name of our God. This is a moment for us to say, you know what? No longer. I am not going to be a slave to my schedule. It's crazy. People are slaves to their schedule. Think about this. The schedule owns them. This is where you'll go, this is where you'll be, this is how you'll do it, and it imprisons you. And you can't go or be or do who God created you to be. And Jesus, and excuse me, God is saying right now, he said, I'm inviting you into rest. Sundays are about rest, about freedom, about joy, about contentment. Laura and I, early on in our marriage, like, right when we first got married, 38 years ago, said Sundays will be a non-negotiable for us. We will always be in the house. 
And I, I really honestly think that is because of our heritage, because we had parents who were always in the house and taught us to worship. We weren't there out of obligation. I have not shown up because I feel like, well, God is gonna smite me if I don't come. If you think God is gonna smite you because you don't, you're missing the whole point of everything I'm saying. It was just a non-negotiable. We said early on, we are gonna be in his house and we've done everything within our power. Even when we're out of town, as crazy as that sounds, we'd be on vacation, we'd search out and we'd find a church. It was a man, because we, why? Because I, as for me and for Laura, as for me and my house, we're gonna serve the Lord. As for Laura and I, I don't know about everybody else. I can't answer for you. All I can tell you is I have no regrets. Zero. Do I wish I had gone to this? I remember there's a time when I could have done this and I had to say no. I remember there was a time my kids were invited into this and we had to say no. Do I regret that? No, I don't. Not a single bit because I am in his house and the whole reason I'm in his house is because he is God and he is worthy of my praise. He alone is to be adored and worshiped in my life. And here's what I know about myself. I am prone to wander. I know that if this doesn't create the pace and the rhythm in my life, that I'm gonna wander far from God. If the men and women in these scriptures wandered from God, who am I? But as I start to wander, Sunday comes rolling around and I get back into that pace and I get back into that rhythm with God. Sundays are not an obligation. Sundays aren't even a command. Sundays are an invitation. It's an invitation from the Creator saying, come, come worship with me and come worship me. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.